Germany remained hopeful for round of 16 after holding Spain at 1-1. Every of the four teams in Group E may advance to knockout stage, and nothing will be confirmed until the last game. In Group F, two aged traditional strong teams, Croatia and Belgium, seems to be on different tracks after Sunday's games. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Hey, so.、Um, Germany, it they really survived because when Morata、mm-hmm. scored that goal, I really thought, okay, this is over. Germany out. Yeah, because up until that point, the thing with Spain is, so Germany had set up in a way where they kind of narrowed the pitch and made it difficult for Spain to play through them.、Mm-hmm. But the way they were still managing to move at least down the wings. The way they were doing it, it was really as if, you know, we've joked several times about how their team is just like ten midfielders on a pitch.、Mm-hmm. But when they reach the top end and the opponent's box, it's like they just run out of space. They just start kind of passing it to each other, taking shots if something becomes available. So then Alvaro Morata gets brought on, and that's like just before the hour mark, and he's a player who. It's funny how when I was watching this, I was thinking like, "Oh, he's going to be like the next big thing for Spain," and then I remembered like he's he's at Juventus, he's been at Real Madrid, he's been at Atletico Madrid, he was at Chelsea for a while. That's why I last remember him. He feels like he's always slightly underrated. He's like a slightly less clinical Fernando Torres, I guess, and that he's always great at finding the space directly in front of the goal where you need him to be, and. Germany had got so used to just kind of flooding their back line, so there's no space for them to kind of ping pong the ball around. They were caught off guard by it pretty badly.、Um, however, Niklas Fulkrug, who I, again he he looks much older than he is, as soon as he came on, and that was pretty late on, I believe. I want to say that was yes, seventy minutes even even later.、Mm-hmm. So they replaced Thomas Müller with him. Müller is in this awkward position where, as a somewhat maverick player, he's always been great at finding space. Now he's a little bit too old for that, and just seems to be always out of place instead.、Mm-hmm. Um, when they replaced him with Fulkrug, you could see that there was a bit more impetus, a bit more life, but still, it was like a, ver- a lot of a scramble to get the to get the ball to, towards the net. Like they just kind of had to put. Three, four guys bursting through the back line of Spain, and just kind of hope it fell correctly.、Um, that being said, the in the opening half there was that、uh, header from Rudiger that got ruled offside, which makes me think that the answer to the Spain team, even though Germany couldn't do it, is if you just play very like classic, very direct football、mm-hmm. and just kind of muscle it through them in reverse. They won't really know what to do. That's true.、Uh, what I really notice interesting is that,、um, like you said, Spain had ten midfielders. Germany has been known for playing this strikerless squad, but it was actually two very traditional finishing centers that scored the two goals. I mean, Spain were maybe not cornered, but already very struggled, found it very difficult to work around the ground. So. That's why they sent、uh, Morata here, and then Germany conceded first goal. They found that okay, there's no way we could play like this and at least tie the score. That's why, like you said, they replaced Müller with、uh, Phil Krug. 
is it possible that actually both teams in say typical games they actually need a center like this? Yeah, I mean that's the thing which I was going to say. The way that Hansi Flick has already modified the team, like starting Goretzka this time, having a way more muscular and strong midfield, he seems to be adapting on a game by game basis. And based on the two that we've seen so far, the number one thing I would take away is they need to have a proper centre forward. And Nicholas Fulkrug seems to be the best option they have right now. I know that officially, if I remember correctly from the first game, Yusuf Makoko is supposed mm-hmm. to be the next big thing in that position. Yeah, but he's like seventeen, eighteen, something like that. Whereas Fulkrug is like obviously just a little bit older, but he seems so much more clinical so much more powerful behind the ball yeah that i feel like he should be starting up front instead of thomas muller perhaps bring him slightly further back um because the way they've kind of have it it's like a 4-2-3-1 formation gundawan is in the middle more of like a pivot for the front attacking three but if you were to say put i don't know maybe move him further back and put thomas muller in the middle then you could have his kind of football IQ, keeping things in motion, but you definitely need something stronger up front. Mm-hmm. So in the other game of this group, Japan, which were, I want to say, already praised to the cloud, lost to Costa Rica on the very in, in this game, and then now they blew at least sixty percent of their chances of uh, advancing to the knockout stage. And that goal they conceded that was such a, it's, I think, it's the biggest mistake of the World Cup I have it- seen so far. Yeah, d- definitely. That was such a weird game. Like, because the way I was thinking about it is that was the early game, which means it was one p.m. in Qatar, mm-hmm. and a lot of the games have been nil-nil in the first half, which has always seemed to me that a sign of like when the players get out there, they're obviously they're already warmed up, but because the weather and the climate and the humidity, like they kind of have to warm up in proper conditions, you know, kind of the equivalent of like a boxer saying, then he's got punched before they know they're in a fight. The difference is with Japan is, again, basing on what they did in their first game, if like they take the first half like a boxer, read their opponent, switch in the second half, attack correctly, they seem to be doing the same here. But it was as if like in the first half they learned, okay, Costa Rica aren't a threat. So we just have to throw bodies forward and everything will be fine. And then in doing so, they left a massive gap. They fumbled the ball. And then um, the keeper, Gonda, Mm -hmm. he came out so far forward that when it got chipped over his head, you see he got a hand to it. Like, where he's standing on his line, that would have been a save. He would have at least knocked it up onto the bar. Instead, he was so far basically outside of his box that tapping it gave it like a like a higher bump almost. So now it was guaranteed to fall into the net. And from then, all Costa Rica had to do was sit back because you saw the way they were playing in the first half. Mm -hmm. They were in the position where they had already lost so many goals that to them, I think a nil-nil would have been a success here. Just get a point, get out the group. I mean, just get get a point, just not finish on zero. So it was like a back five with basically everyone collapsing back. I believe, was it Campbell who was their striker? It was either, began with a C. Either way, it was like one floating striker up the pitch and everyone else was like on the edge of the penalty box 
slightly pushing forward. They were just designed to be like a wall you can't break down. So for them to uh, end up in a situation like this where they can nick one and then maybe escape the group with three points, depending on what happens in the next game, Mm -hmm. it's like it's very much a case of Japan may have cost themselves a position in the knockout, may have let Germany through, all with one very simple, very clumsy, very stupid mistake. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I think Spain, though they haven't confirmed yet, uh, they will make it out of this group. Which of the three teams do you think will join them? Well, that's it, because now Germany is facing Costa Rica. That should be a very simple three points. Mm -hmm. This, like... It isn't even just this group or th- this game. Like the other games that took place yesterday, kind of had a very any given Sunday, anything can happen sort of vibe. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Japan got a point, mm. um, but based on what we've seen so far, I have a strong feeling it's going to be Germany and Spain getting out of the group with Germany's lifeline entirely existing because of Japan. Oh, yeah. Like they will be, they will be the team that goes home the most disappointed. Like, you know, um, Kata were terrible hosts, but mm-hmm. they kind of played to their their ability was very, very poor. But mm-hmm. they gave their all um, of everything that's happened so far. Like this result is like the worst result that has happened for yeah. any team. Yeah, that's true. And in Group F. Like you do remember uh, De Bruyne? He said before last night's game, he was he said uh, Belgium are they lost their best chance to win the World Cup, which should have been four years ago. He said they were too old. Yep. When they were playing Morocco, he everything he said basically was true because they seemed to be pressing, and then they conceded one goal, then they conceded the other. Actually, there was another goal which was ruled offside. So this was a terrible loss for Belgium at the end of their yeah, golden generation. I- yeah, like, you know, that statement, find a fault in it. it was, it's completely true. You look at this team, they were creaky in their first game. In this one against a much younger, much more vibrant team, you know, you can be creaky against someone like Croatia who are similarly old, but you look at, like, you know, Jan Vertonghen feels like he's been around forever. Same with Toby Alderweireld. There's no pace going forward at all. The... Like De Bruyne still is absolutely world class. Don't get Mm. me wrong, but he shouldn't be like maybe the most sprightly guy in his team. Yeah, and the young legs of Morocco. Just any time they were on the counter, any time they were on the break, they were just pressing, pressing, pressing. Uh, Hakim Ziyech and Bufal are probably the two most famous players um, I recognize. But then. Youssef and Nesri was the striker he plays in La Liga. He was always causing trouble. But then um, the goals came um, when there were changes made in the second half. So it was like basically re- reset with even younger legs after an hour of play. Took off Akimi, took off Amala, took off Bufal, took off Nesri, like I said. Replaced them with four younger guys. And then what moments later yeah within five minutes the goals were scored um the direct free kick came because they were so belgium was so concerned with the 
Moroccan team bursting in, mm-hmm. that they were expecting crosses being played in, a free kick setting up a free header, something like that. Instead, Sabiri just had it on the edge. Like basically, where a corner is, maybe five yards further in, swung it in, got that goal, and they were just rattled from then on. The feeling was Morocco, be it the fans in the arena, be it the players themselves, suddenly there was an even bigger jolt of life, and they just pushed it and pushed it and pushed it, and ZX set up the winner with two minutes into extra time. But that Belgium team, it's like they just look old. Mm-hmm. They just look, if you push the pace against them, they can't keep up. Um, Lukaku was brought on late, um, which was the technique they used in 2014 because that was what they used, that was what they used to get beyond the US. Mm. You basically push against the goal for as long as you can. Then you bring on a power player like Lukaku can play with his back to the goal, bully his way in and score. But that doesn't work when you aren't already threatening the goal. It doesn't work when you aren't moving the ball fast down the wings. Um, Amadou Anana, who plays for Everton, was like the youngest guy or the most threatening guy. And they took him off after an hour to replace him with Yuri Tielemans, expecting, I guess, more of like what he can do at uh, Leicester. But again, that's when he's playing in a Leicester team, which is like kind of vibrant. This is this is not. This really feels like the end of a generation. In not even a way of like um, Wales, where it was like, okay, the star players are old, and there's no younger talent coming through. It just feels like they've been hanging around too long, and this needs to be get rid of Martinez, get rid of let's say six, seven of the starting eleven, and just rebuild. Mm. I know that Belgium are not literally out but maybe their last game against Croatia could be the last game for a lot of their players that are in their squad now so as a similarly Mm -hmm. aged squad how did Croatia manage to come back from such an early allowing of the goal and then score four goals to come back to win I yeah that that was it because like I say I felt like anything could happen in this game in the on this day Everything went in the inverse of what you thought. Mm-hmm. So having seen the young legs of Morocco beat the older team, I assume Canada would do the same, especially when Alfonso Davies got that goal in like 67 seconds or whatever yeah. it was, because they just ran down the pitch and that was it. But that kind of gave them away because they are so focused on attack that there is basically no defense. Like their wing backs just push high their centre-backs end up just being like a back-two almost. And this Croatia team, even though they are old, they are so smart with their, like, just football IQ, Mm -hmm. with their ability to read the game. Like, Luka Modric now is 37, and he's settled into that role that, like, Andre Pirlo had towards the end, only he's slightly further up the pitch, because Pirlo would be, like, right on the back line, and he just have like the vision to see where to send the ball. He does the same, but from slightly further up the pitch. And so many times it would be a case of like, you know, a Canadian player, like say Hutchinson or someone pressing down in the midfield, trying to close him down. And he'd know at the very last moment just to play like a quick one, two to Kovacic or just to play it with the outside of his boot. And they were like not quick 
but they were creating so much space that it didn't matter. And that's one of those signs where, like, you know for a fact every one of these players is world-class. Like, they reached the final. In my opinion, they should have won in 2018. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they are slightly slower doesn't really matter when you're against a team that's not as... Um, not as well versed, not as experienced, playing a little bit too much with the heart on their sleeve like Canada were. So when they started racking up goals, every single one of them came from just being set up by Perisic or someone who is should be getting closed down in terms of pure physicality, man for man. But the way he could just trick his opponent, dummy around him, whatever it was, was absolutely genius mm. you know since you mentioned uh, four years ago when back then no one actually thought of course before the quarterfinals semifinals no one actually thought that croatia could go that far because in almost every game after the group stage they were so you can say resilient you can say slow you can also say struggling but they always won it's like okay let's pull mm. everything as let's slow everything down and then we can beat you with our control of the middle field with our smart way of playing with our experience with our skills and even after four years croatia still got all of that and if say they make out of this group whoever they're meeting next Germany, Spain, or Costa Rica, or Japan will have a really headache when they're dealing with Croatia on the field. Yeah, that, that's it. They, they are in the position where, like, I feel like they are perhaps two years behind uh, Belgium in the sense of, like, you can see that this is their all-star team, and you can also see that they are running out of legs. I mean, they still have Dejan Lovren playing in the back in the back line, which is insane. As a centre-back, he really shouldn't be there at all. Um, but at the same time, the quality of the players is undeniable, and they offer the knackers yard yet. So I can see them, you know, when you see them with a team like Canada, well, Canada's very young, very inexperienced. I'm sure it'll be more difficult for them to do this to a Spain side, perhaps. But the way you see how Spain play, it, I feel like that centre three of Modric, Kovacic and Brozovic will be able to control the midfield long enough that it will just make life so hard for Spain that you could see them nicking a goal here, nicking a goal there, mm -hmm. just from the difficulties they will cause. Even if, like I say, man for man, they're on the backslide, there's still so much quality within the players that... I would, I could very much see them getting off the round of 16. Not necessarily final contenders anymore, mm -hmm. but still causing trouble. Oh yeah, that's true. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon tomorrow. See ya. Speak to you next time.